everybody. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford. I write about all different kinds of movement, particularly cycling and running, over on theoutdooredit.com and plenty of other places on the web and in various athletic magazines. And I'm Peter Glassford. I'm a registered kinesiologist and endurance coach. I uh, am based in Ontario, Canada, but we are all over the place, although... Very pleased to be back in the general Ontario area for a while here right now. Yeah, we actually had a pretty exciting weekend. We had our lovely friend Ellen Noble come up from Massachusetts right off of uh, Cyclocross Worlds. I think she was home for about two and a half days before she came up because it was Joyride 150, the BMX bike park uh, here near Toronto. Uh, they had their women's weekend this past weekend. So she came up for that. So she and I got to shred some BMX. Uh, she shredded a lot more than I did. Uh, we also got to talk to a bunch of women and we did a big training, nutrition, women's awkward and race issues and all different kinds of stuff chat that was super fun to do. Um, yeah, it was yeah. great to have Mark and Leslie who run the Joyride 150 bike park are some of the nicest, hardest working people I know. Yeah. Um, and, and you can say that about people, but if you've ever met Mark and Leslie, they definitely have done a lot and are doing a lot. And so this event was 150 women, you know, there's moms, there's people who've never been on bikes, there was triathletes, road cyclists, mountain bikers, and then, you know, people that had a bit of even BMX jumping experience. Uh, all just there to sort of get better at riding and the weekend's pretty free form but they basically pull in every you know instructor coach you know experienced rider you know ideally female but a few male coaches such as myself were there so they let you in to help out and yeah they just try and pull in the whole community's part of it and you know it's just a really good like my favorite thing is just how community oriented it is it's just you know for the, the participation and social aspect like it, it's an amazing this, event yeah this is the seventh year that they've run it which is crazy mm-hmm. so props to them for doing it if anyone is visiting ontario or lives near toronto markham specifically please check out joyride 150 even if you don't ride BMX if you think it sounds terrifying. I assure you there is there is no one more terrified about this kind of stuff than I am. And I love it there. I had so much fun. And it's, I mean, it's, I was pricing it out. So a three day pass, 69 Canadian dollars. That's important. Oh, Canadian. You Americans have to come up. Right. It's... And you can fly. We have two airports in Toronto. We have the city center airport and then we have Pearson. And I don't know what it is to fly from wherever you are. That would vary, I'm sure. Uh, but you know, you fly in, take an Uber, you can rent a bike there, or you can bring your BMX in like a, a golf bag or small satchel and away you go. So yeah, so much fun. If, if you're training for any sort of cycling, you should go to Joyride. Yeah. And this week I actually got on the trainer and did workouts. Can we just talk about that for a second? I feel like it is kind of relevant to today's topic. So I just wanted to brag on... I mean, it is and it isn't. You, With one workout in, in the uh, month, I don't know if that, two, if that applies. But. Two interval workouts. That's more interval, interval workouts than I've done in probably two years. Yeah, and so I mean, I guess that, that does dive us in. Today we have Steve Neal, who's uh, another coach. He was my mentor and also my coach uh, earlier in my career. And he's based in Toronto. He has the cycling gym uh, and they have an online membership that you can join and then also they have a, a cycling sort of studio slash strength gym right in toronto so yeah. 
You Some could, people might remember him from last year. We had him on about a year ago now. Yeah, one of our most popular episodes. And we, me and, I think it was just Steve and I talking about yeah. coaching and stuff a little bit. But this, this episode is, I'm trying to do a couple short episodes. You know, we're approaching our 100th episode. So I wanted to try something new for you guys and mix it up a little. So we're trying to do 20 minutes, one question, which always turns into many follow-up questions and is, is always rushed. But 20 minutes where it's like a bite-sized concept and we're going to miss things is the, is the reality. But trying, you know, sort of dive into a question we've got uh, from you guys who are listening and, and just try and do it some justice and, you know, and or a concept that we've been doing and get sort of a, a person's experience with that, you know, how they're applying it. So for this episode, I wanted to go polarized versus threshold training. We've had Marco Altini from HRV for training talk about 80-20 and the polarized uh, side of training. And then we've also had Steven Seiler, who's done a lot of the research or been part of a lot of the research on polarized training. So this idea of training really easy or really hard. Um, but we had a couple questions about, you know, how do we come to terms with that versus threshold training? You know, everyone talks about threshold, this moderate training. How do we come to terms with that and who does it apply to? Yeah, it can definitely get a little tough because, I mean, A, it's kind of comfortably uncomfortable to ride in that weird middle zone that everyone kind of loves to hate. Yeah, so it's not it, super helpful it's, it's for a your deep, training. Yeah, and so the idea is, you know, you're time limited. Uh, and on that we've had Jim Rutberg on talking about time limited time crunch training for cyclists their book which a lot of cyclists really like um, and, and so it, it's not it's often never or it, it is never uh, either or uh, you know only this but it's it's when do you apply it so Steve today is not necessarily going to give you the answer but he speaks a lot to how he applies it and he's applying it with 60 plus people in a gym that he sees one two three maybe more times a week and he's generally has great success. The man is quite successful and quite smart with what he does. Um, and so he's been tracking the progress that people have been doing. And he's doing a lot of more middle ground sort of tempo training. Um, and that's what I came up doing. But he also understands, you know, endurance versus threshold versus, you know, VO2 or high end. So I think this conversation really comes down to you know, we might know what's going to work the best for an elite athlete that lives in a bubble where they can train perfectly, or, you know, we can really work on those training conditions. But what about the average person who has a hard time hitting that threshold and staying at it? Well, and that was Steve's point, right, was that a lot of people don't, aren't able to, especially frequently, you know, to go in and train three times a week, even to actually hit what is threshold you know that really hard race pace you know that five or 10k running pace uh, is quite hard you have to be mentally pretty driven i've just finished a threshold block and it's it's tough so especially i mean you know then you factor in you had a tough day at work you had a you know rough night of sleep anything like that the lifestyle factors that kind of you know impact the average person more than you know the pro it can be really hard to do those proper mm -hmm. so i think the way we came down is this is sort of like steve's this is what he's doing right now we talk about a couple different examples of where it applies and doesn't apply and stuff like that but um you know the answer is that it's both and you need to sort of periodize that and plan that into your season based on the limiters that you have um you know this is where having a coach helps is that you can sort of diagnose the when are you not following this like normal periodization this base build um, and when do you have to do actual, you know, intensity in the winter or something like this? Yeah. If you, if you're new to the show, 
again, go back and listen to the Steve Neal one originally, but also really listen to the Steven Seiler one because he also talks about periodization on both a macro and micro level. And that's a great point that what Steve and I are talking about often gets into more of the, the micro or the meso cycle. So the week, you know, the day, the week, the month. But the important bit that Steven Seiler drove home was that the polarized studies and the whole concept of 80-20 is really like a annual or four-year, you know, an Olympic cycle with elite people. So we have to be careful applying that to like our day, right? Or our week even. You know, I just did a threshold block that had a ton of threshold, but my year is a ton of just endurance, like quite easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be careful not to get caught in that. And, and I think that's the main message is really just not riding moderately hard all the time, I think. But yeah, um, that's my opinion. So yeah, give anyway. it a try. And if you guys have someone else you'd like on, I know we've had a couple suggestions that I'll try and get some other coaches on and how they, they use it. Uh, but if you have any suggestions or if this makes you really angry or, or whatever, and if you like this 20 minute format, we'd love to hear that too. And, you know, even a different question with a different person, not related to this. I think it might be over 20 minutes now, Peter. Could be. <laughs> anyway, enjoy this and check the show notes for our links to all the past episodes that we've talked about in this intro. Thanks guys. Enjoy Steve. What is polarized training to you? What is threshold training to you? And how do you come to terms with that in your own practice, you know, with the people you work with? So I think if we talk about polarization, I think the first training intensity that I would take out of the mixture to try to come up with the split is threshold training. So if I was going to look at polarizing someone's training, and I'd almost say almost no matter how much time they have, and, if we, and this is the tricky question with all this FTP debt is dead stuff on the internet. But let's just currently use everyone's stuff that they talk about all the time. So the first intensity I would take out would be would be threshold training. So let's call it anything within 10% of FTP. And for lack of, yeah, I'd probably even say everything plus or minus 10% of FTP. So, you know looking at like three by tens, three by twelves, three by fifteens, all done at five percent below a person's FTP or over unders or under overs done just under, just over, whatever you want to call it. But basically I would remove almost all FTP training from the polarization. Right. So that's our zone four, twenty to sixty minute type efforts. So, you know, that's like you say, that's most suffer fast, most swift, most online stuff. You know, I only have mm-hmm. an hour to train. So what do you mean I'm not going to do that? Yeah. So I, um, you know, I would, I would say I would use everything else. I would use recovery, endurance, tempo, mm, and probably just VO2 max stuff. You can talk about getting into anaerobic capacity and all that stuff. But I don't really think that people that have not much time have enough base to, to survive much on anaerobic capacity training all the time. Plus in order to do it properly, it's really hard and most people don't want to work that hard. So they, they think they do until you show them how hard it has to be. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, I can't, that's really hard. And I definitely can't do that two or three days a week. So, um, if I would probably use sort of VO two max training and, 
that's going to depend on the person, right? But like 15 15s or 30 30s or one minute on, one minute off or seven by three or five by four, you can, you know, go on all day, but it really depends on the person's fitness level and mental capacity as to how long those can be for them. Um, but I, I, I would also try to get a person to do one hour blocks of tempo. So like, you know, you and I have talked about this at great length, but if someone, if someone knows their tempo ability or they've had a test done and they, ha- they might happen to know their balance point or they've used a moxie to find zone three accurately, you know, a really good warm, uh, if you warm up for 10 minutes and ride at your balance point or just under it for an hour is not an easy session. And if you look at how many kilojoules you can burn doing that, you can do a fair bit of work. And I find it much more repeatable day after day uh, for people. There's, there's the boredom factor. But there's Netflix and Crave for that. But the mental capacity to continue hard intervals all the time kind of gets tricky for people, I think, once they actually f- try to do it for a while. So you're suggesting, you know, this would be similar to like a math-based training system or, uh, you know, anyways, done VO2 would be like max fat type of thing, right? So it's like a low zone three, high zone two type effort. Um, and, you yeah, just, so and that's how you maybe get around that time crunch is riding your endurance yeah. a bit harder. Yeah, so you're breaking up a little bit, so just, okay. I'm not sure, but so far so good until the last sentence. Um, but anyways, yeah, the see the thing about math, math, math by the equation is a little bit easier than tempo. So if we just, if we talk about something that most coaches would talk about, tempo training is, is not threshold, tempo training is below it. So therefore, I'd say math is hard endurance and I'd say tempo is tempo. So if you're referring to like doing your endurance a little bit harder, sure, I'd call that tempo. Um, but I, I think if people look at their own, even if they, if they have a power meter by chance and they look at some intervals and they do some really hard, if they do a threshold workout that's pretty traditional, like 2 by 20 or 3 by 15 or whatever, that has its place in training, um, I think if they try just one hour at tempo, they're going to see that they can do as much or more work muscularly, but they can probably do it three days in a row or four days in a row. So I, I find that people who follow a lot of FTP training and do stuff like well, Supperfest is actually different, but trainer road for sure is a lot of threshold work. And we get people at the gym who've tried it and, I know that a lot of threshold work just makes people, it makes them tired. Um, most people who get into this world tend to, f- they've really adapted to, you know, doing erg mode workouts and they, they've got a power meter and if they're on trainer road, then they're just sitting at a certain wattage for their two by twenties. And I, I think what happens is as training blocks go onward, we get more tired and therefore if we're just holding a fixed wattage and not adjusting it down per se, that that's how people sort of start to overtrain a bit. Right. And, and so how do you come to terms with that? Like in a class setting, um, like are you guys doing, you know, really short stuff to keep people excited or are you doing more of this tempo stuff and you're at the cycling gym? Yeah, no, there's a lot of, a lot of tempo here and, um, uh, a lot of really low RPM work, like, 40 to 55 RPM work. Some of that's as hard as a person can push for a certain duration. So quick example, like 
Are we getting too far away from your question of polarization? Or are we still um, on it? I think we're still on it because, I mean, I think what we're okay. trying to go is, like, how does the normal person, whether they're at home on Sufferfest or at a spin studio, like, how do you come to yeah. terms with this? You know, should I just do endurance all the time versus should I do threshold all the time because I'm okay. crush? So it fits. Yeah. So, so okay. So, like, I mean, keep in mind the the, the gym, people in the gym, I'd say 80% of our people from September through end of March, they only – they only come to the gym and they don't train outside the gym. So therefore they're doing two hours on Saturday and they're doing two one and a half hour cycling classes, which is three hours. So they're doing five hours a week on the bike and two hours a week of strength. So they're only training seven hours a week. And, um, you know, in the last three months we've done, a uh, let's call it two months of training where one day a week we do these, you know, two minutes sitting at like 45 RPM, two minutes of standing at 45 to 55 RPM. And we might do, we, we started at four minutes and we worked up to eight and we, we never do more than two intervals in a thing. So it might be four minutes of hard effort, which is a very broad spectrum, but at that RPM, it's generally 85% of a person's MAP, which would be threshold and up to 110% of a person's MAP, which is above, which is in a VO2 or above. Yeah. Now, this is very RPM dependent. At 45 RPM, people can generate a lot of load without having their heart rate get too high, and they seem to recover from it very quickly. So we've been doing a lot of really low RPM work and then followed immediately by tempo by heart rate. So the more a person can push, if they have a weaker aerobic system, when we do our 20 minutes of tempo right after that, so we do four minutes of hard low RPM work, followed by right away 15 minutes of tempo. That tempo is restricted by 84% of the person's max heart rate. So therefore, if they haven't recovered from their push, they don't get to push too hard in tempo. Right. And we took that upwards to eight minutes of low RPM work and 30 minutes of tempo. So that was like a two-month progression. And then Saturdays is, it's endurance. We do this, I don't know if we talked about it in our last last podcast but basically we still do it quite a bit we always start off with a ramp test to about whatever 80 to 85 percent of a person's max heart rate then we recover and then we'll do spend a good chunk of the um saturday class doing hard endurance which is kind of as high as a person could which is more like math and we we do 10 minute blocks and they stop and they recover to 60 percent of their max heart rate if it takes under uh, 60 seconds we add two minutes to their on time so each individual's doing more endurance more longer sets of endurance on saturday based on how they recover from the previous one right but saturday's an endurance full-on endurance session um for sure so what this you know that's i wanted you to go down that sort of class thing because a it's a general thing in some ways because you have a group of group of 50 uh, yeah. people that you're working with there but you're customizing it and there you also said the word you planned it out and progressed that low rpm so i think what gets missed in this polarized versus threshold if it is indeed versus is you know that that planning or periodization of you know it's not necessarily anything bad but what's you know what do you need as an athlete and what 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 did you do last time what did you do last week right yeah so you know our our <clears throat> It's a, it's a, um, if I just do like, if, if in our biggest week we had, 
because the, when they do tempo, it's literally it's tempo or it's endurance. Because if their heart rate's high from the previous effort, then it ends up being actually not that hard, right? So, if in an entire, if in a, if we had eight minutes in our biggest week and we did three sets, twenty four minutes of work, right, and divide that by five hours times sixty three hundred minutes. So if we did twenty four minutes of work in three hundred minutes, it's um it's it's like 0.08. So it's, that's like a 92, eight split polarization. Right. And that's, that's, you know, very literal even. So it's like 8% of the training, right. Is, is that threshold or above? Mm -hmm. And I'd say we could arguably split it half, probably 4% of it was at threshold and 4% of it was at VO2 and the rest was endurance. Right. And there's some, some tempo in the mix, but not, not much. So, so I think the, the the difference, I guess, in what we're trying to accomplish with the limited time is just because you have more time doesn't mean you get to go harder. Because if you go harder, you can maybe do it for three to six weeks, but then your 90-day progression is going to be a flat line. And I want everyone's 90-day progression to be between 10 and 15% better. Right. And I guess it's, I guess would an analogy be, you know, we could go into the gym and, and lift weights, but if, you know, suddenly we only had half an hour, would we just start doing, you know, a cardio circuit with 10 pound weights or would we, you know, pick the couple of things we're going to progress, right? So I guess by similar token, like you and I are, are going to train for a mountain bike race. If I have 20 hours and you have 10, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to just go do, you know, a little circuit or something like this right or yeah a, a moderate thing like you're still going to focus on those key elements of the sport you're bang on we all you and i both have to go race a mountain bike i'm just going to go slower than you because i don't have as much training but i still have to work on my tempo ability like you know i, I you know well and your two and four minute low rpm hill repetitions right like ultimately what you guys are practicing yeah. is a hard mountain bike climb right yeah or a hard yeah you're right it's a hard bike climb and i find that um you know, if I go away, my last few years has been full of limited training or none. And so, you know, I did single track six last year, which was, I have to be careful what I say on this, but I, you know, I'm never that careful. So, you know, there were like four to five hour days, right, for me. And I have a power meter, still always look at my stuff. And my, my goal was to normalize 200 watts a day. And it was all about nutrition and pacing and, you know, walking if I got a bit too deep at times but you know on like not no tr on basically no training and being sick i was able to um finish every day of the stage race uh reasonably well and um i beat there was three guys from trainer road there that i know are younger than me and that i'm pretty sure ride their bikes and um none of them finished every day of the stage race and the and the days of the stages that they did, they only beat me on the first two days. I beat them the rest. So, anyways, I I just said it. So if you need to delete that, go <laughs> ahead. But the but the bottom line is that they 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 had this amazing successful podcast series after that, talking about all the mistakes they made, right. in which I think coaches of their level shouldn't be making those mistakes with their own bodies, but with Lyme disease and no training, I beat them. Right. with the, the kind of training we're talking about some lower RP, none of my workouts for longer than an hour right and and for those races especially the tempo you know just going all day like what is the fastest pace you can sustain without fatiguing like that's right. definition of tempo 
Um, yeah. You know, that's and then nutrition and pacing and not getting your ego in the way. And yeah. Um, interesting. But so, the, yeah, you're right. So you're bang on. You need to train for the sport. And if you don't have enough time, that's a bummer. But you still can't, you know, doing doing 30 30s all the time is not going to help you if you're if you have a three hour mountain bike race to do. So one of the ways I've seen polarized training, like now that they're sort of coming to terms, you know, there's been a couple studies that have showed like, well, you know, the best people do do some threshold and stuff. And so what they sort of realize is it's actually, you know, everyone does as much endurance as they can sort of absorb or do. Mm -hmm. And then it's actually the race pace. So you actually see if you normalize it around race pace, it's sort of the time people are spending at or above race pace versus just below race pace. Um, so if you start thinking about mountain biking for long durations or triathlon, you know, what's polarized might actually be quite different. Um, right? yeah, I, I totally, like it, it, I mean, so the only, where the only spot this gets tricky and we do this at the gym as well. Um, we're trying to advance this at the gym by having individualized stations, but in a group setting. So what we have to do, and I guess you could take this for everyone so what we're trying to do is if you have someone who is tired or relevant of the kind of training then you know obviously rest is simple the other the other issue that happens which gets tricky in a group setting but would work for your listeners is you know is if you're an ironman triathlete and you have some time or not and you're trying to work on your tempo ability and your endurance because that's where you're going to race Sometimes our endurance and tempo ability reaches a ceiling because our, you know, anaerobic capacities, our VO2 and whatnot, you know, so threshold VO2 and anaerobic capacities have kind of collapsed a bit because we haven't been there. So we can't make our endurance or tempo any better because those other capacities have kind of fallen. So it, it sometimes, even though as an Ironman triathlete or a long distance athlete, you still have to go do harder training to raise your ceiling to then go back and raise the ceiling that really matters to you. Does that make sense? hundred percent. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up that some athletes will, again, periodization, personalization, you know, if you're, that would be like your three or five minute test is really close to your 20 or something like that would be maybe a sign. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I've had I, a lot of the athletes that end up coming to me are sort of tired endurance athletes who want to go faster in their hundred k race, and then you look at it and it's like, well, you can't, you can't even barely do CP twenty pace, right? Like, right, and that could be preference, that could be ability to work hard, that could be fatigue, right? It's not always just you need to build work capacity. It might be recovery or nutrition or whatever. Yeah, no, yeah, other, you know, if you pretend all those other things you just mentioned are, you know. Taken at least taken care of or thought of taken care of then then i think that, that sometimes actually what gets people into trouble is periodization because if you follow that traditional idea of okay we're going to spend the next two to three months we spent two months on endurance and tempo and now we're going to spend two months on threshold like in two or three months of threshold training you could you could run into a roadblock where you where you're not getting better so you keep banging your head against that wall and threshold's actually not the answer to make you better so like trying to figure out what the roadblock is and maybe just the higher the intensity the roadblock the shorter period you have to focus on it to make a change so you're driving down the road of tempo 
and you run into a roadblock. Well, if you decide that through Googling and talking to some fast friends that VO2 max training might help you, you only maybe have to do that for two weeks as an interruption before you can go back to what your focus was. Right. If was, we, we both really liked uh, that sort of, I, I guess it's different than the faster book that we both like the running book, uh, mm, run mm-hmm. faster, but uh, yeah, that's definitely that. Like it's not linear periodization, especially when you're time crunched, you know, that base one, two, three is not necessarily the way, you know, for everyone. Yeah. It's almost like the opposite. Like when you are time crunched, you might train, you might train harder, I, I think the interruption is the opposite. Let's say you're going to try to train as hard as you can and still absorb it, right? Because we all want to get better. Well, y- your interruption might have to be volume. And if you don't have time, then your interruption might be rest. Because if you're getting tired from doing too much intensity and you don't have time to go to Arizona and ride for 40 hours to solve it, well, then rest is your it's the only part of your equation that is going to allow you to get better. Right, which is hard sometimes. True. And I think that's, you know, I think the only other point I wanted to make and that I have trouble and I want to know your opinion on, we're we're pretty much at 20, but the takeaway I think is that we don't, not every day has to be a a quote unquote suffer festival, we'll call it, Um, (laughs) right? Like it's not your training threshold or tempo or whatever, like it's okay to just go and ride what we would call sort of steady, classic, honest endurance, right? Yes, it's just learning to be confident that it's going to work for you. And if you, you know, most people just don't believe in it or they actually don't try it. But, you know, that's why I guess one takeaway is to to get people to look at the training they do and look at how much of that actually gets them the most amount of work. Right. Um, you know, if if training 5% easier, but you can do it four days a week, uh, gets you more work at the end of the the, the week then it's hard to argue with that that's probably going to be better right and even if you look back at the last two or three months you know hopefully you have some sort of log or something you know how many times were you sick or tired or had to miss a session or felt you know got grumpy on a ride you know what, yeah. would, what would that have been like at as you say five percent less endurance intensity but it happened every day and you were smiling and happy and you know those high intensity days whatever that is for you went really well like what, what could the next three months look like, right? Totally. So like you're, you know, we're out of time. So your analogy to strength training, I thought you were going to head one direction, but you headed a different one, which was still a good direction. Thank you. But I use, I use weightlifting a lot with people who are used to it because they come to our gym or they have a background. But if people have three by 20 minutes at 264 watts planned and they start that training and it's like noticeably harder than last week, but they know they can finish if they fight through and barely get to the end. Um, they kind of, they seem to be able to pull that off. But if they deadlifted, you know, five sets of eight reps last week at 300 pounds and they come in this week and they go to warm up and they get to 300 pounds and they can't pick it up, they don't, they don't pick it up. Right. Right. Or if they, or if they can pick it up and they can only pick it up five times, they don't, they just stop. There's this, they don't pick it up eight times. But we, we seem to manage the ability to dig ourselves into a hole on a bicycle, which I think is kind of wrong. Yeah, I wish we took more of a strength training. I, I like your, you know, that's a good way to think about any of this polarizer thread. It was just like, are you getting better, you know, on the whole week to week, right? Like, is there, yeah. more, is there more work? The work capacity is a word I use a lot. And, you know, at some point we, we have to look at that. And it's not all work capacity from busting your ass, you know, at threshold intensity, but... 
you know, there has to be some sign of improvement. Uh, that I would think is the goal. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I think we'll leave it like that. I'll okay. cy- cyclinggym.com, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you guys are, there's clients yeah. are, you just did a big report. Uh, it won't be in it, but I'll mention it now that they just did 50 people, like 97% improvement mapped out. And I think, you know, someone's looking for you, looking out for you as far as your data and stuff. So if you're in Toronto, if you're near Toronto, you gotta go see Steve. Have you checked out our seven day healthy kickstart yet? That's our free week long email series that dives into the lifestyle factors that you may be missing on your way to athletic greatness. Training according to your plan is important, but things like sleep, managing stress, moving more throughout the day, improving mobility, and of course, dialing in your nutrition are all just as important. Over seven days, you'll learn about how to make small changes that will add up to big results. No crazy advice or fads, just simple reminders about how to optimize your life to improve your training. You can sign up for free over at consummateathlete.com. Just click on the seven-day healthy Kickstarter. This podcast is supported by Health IQ, a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, including cyclists. Visit healthiq.com slash CAPod to learn more and to get a free quote or check out their life insurance FAQ page to get your questions answered. The Consummate Athlete Podcast is part of the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. Check out wideanglepodium.com, listen to the shows, and consider becoming a member. You can support our show by checking out the shop page at consummateathlete.com. For custom and stock training plans, plus all of Molly's books, including Fuel Your Ride and Saddle Sore. And if you have any questions or comments or requests for guests, you can leave them there in our contact form. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, it'd be a huge help to us if you subscribe, rate, and review the Consummate Athlete Podcast Show on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Molly J. Herford and at Peter Glassford or over on theoutdooredit.com, that's my site, and smartathlete.ca, that's Peter's. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.